This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Hello and welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is podcast number 38, and today I wanted to talk about having healthy kids. So when we talk about having healthy kids, I think it's really important because as parents, we want to have the healthiest kids we possibly can because that means less trips to the doctors. And overall, that means a happier, healthier kid. And I feel like a lot of times as parents, we don't feel like we're equipped. We don't know enough and we we sometimes um, give up our parental rights in a way to somebody who really doesn't know our child. And sometimes we have great doctors. And I have to say we are very fortunate. We have an amazing doctor who has um, who is open to natural options as well as pharmaceuticals. So when we do take our kids in to the doctor's office, I feel very confident that not only is he going to give me the pharmaceutical options for what we're dealing with, but he's also very open to us doing things naturally. So when I'm talking to parents, and that's probably one of the first questions I ask them is, what kind of doctor do you have? Do you have a pediatrician? Do you have a general practice doctor? It's not that one is better over the other. I do like having a general practice doctor just because um, none of my kids have any serious medical conditions, so we don't necessarily need a pediatric doctor for it. And I feel like then this particular doctor is able to see us from the time they're born all the way through adulthood. And then if my children decide to go on find their own doctor, that's fine. But um, I do like that aspect that they can continue to have the same doctor forever. And so, like I said, that's just personal preference. But it is nice to know that you have a doctor who maybe has some of the same beliefs that you have, who isn't um, going to maybe jump to the first pharmaceutical that they can offer you, but maybe give you some home remedies, whether it's you know, giving your child a detox bath with baking soda and Epsom salt or, you know, doing pickle socks or something like that. You just, when you find a doctor that you're comfortable with and you completely trust, it is amazing. But as parents, we need to remember that we're hiring them to help us with our kids. They're not hiring us. So I do recommend that you interview or you meet with a couple of doctors if need be and find one that you're comfortable with. And one way that I've found that um, most of my friends now and I find doctors is we go to our groups that we know that as moms, we kind of have similar interests and similar um, beliefs. And so then we ask each other like, oh, who do you see for a dentist? Who do you see for a doctor? And so that's a really great way to start. But having somebody who you know when you go into isn't just going to jump, throw a prescription at you, but is going to ask the questions and maybe give you a natural option. Another place to look at when we're talking about having healthy kids is nutrition. And I think sometimes it gets overlooked, and I know more and more people are realizing that nutrition is huge and a key to our, our child's complete being. It can be a key to their mood, um, their immune system, and in all honesty, how they're growing and everything else. So I want to share some facts 
um, that I had lear- recently learned. Um, the United States has one of the highest death rates of children under the age of two. To me, that was really shocking statistics, being we live in a first world country, and um, I would consider that we have advanced medical you know, society compared to other countries. And, um, and this study was actually not comparing us to third world countries. This was um, comparing us to other first world countries. The U.S. infant mortality rate is 6.2%, which happens to be 51 spaces from the lowest infant mortality rate, um, which is 1.6% of of that. That is huge. It might not seem like a lot, but that is huge. Minnesota, which is where I live, actually has the highest rate of autism in the nation. I know autism is on the rise, but I was surprised to find out that Minnesota has the highest rate of autism. And that just in general, in the last 20 years, we have seen a 400% increase in allergies and a 300% increase in asthma and a 400% increase in ADHD and an increase between 1,500 and 6,000 in the number of children on the autism spectrum disorder. That's huge. Our genes, our genetics, they don't change that fast. It's not us. It's something that we're being exposed to. It's something that our children are being exposed to. And as sad it is to think about, but the more money, there's more money to be had when we are sick. And the same thing goes when we have sick babies. So um, in 2012, $340 billion were spent on being sick. Of that, $25 billion was on cancer. $137 $137 billion was on autism. $147 billion was on obesity. $5 billion on infertility. And $26 billion on premature births. That just seems insanely crazy to me. So one thing that has, um, one thing that has been proven is that your fertility is affected by what your parents did. And your children's fertility is going to be affected by what you do or what you're exposing them to or what you're exposed to. So providing the best odds for your child, just remember that most, both mom and dad contribute to the health of a baby. So clean food, clean digestion, and identifying and eliminating what hinders your digestion are all going to help contribute to a healthy the health of your child. And for me, I already have my children, so doing the best I can for them is, is very, very crucial. So it really does come down to our no- nutrition. So they always say that you are what you eat. And so sometimes when we look at our diet, what are we actually eating? Um, just one little quick, quick thing to think about is zinc. I know it sounds simple and whatever, but zinc is actually responsible for our stomach acid when healing And it's also um, responsible for over 300 other reactions um, in our body. And babies that are born to mothers that have low zinc levels actually have shown to have IQs of 10 points lower than they otherwise would have. So properly preparing our nuts, our green beans, seeds that are soaked and sprouted are a great source of zinc as well. So are like things like chia seeds and pepitas. Um, one thing to think about, too, is that getting our, our nutrients from food versus just taking supplements. Supplements are great and can be hugely beneficial for things that we can't 
naturally get from food. But when we can get our, um, our vitamins and things from food, it is best to get them from food because our body can naturally assimilate them. And a lot of times, um, if the supplement that you're taking isn't bioavailable, meaning that your body will know how to absorb it, then we actually are just taking a pill that's going right through our system. Because just because we dumped hundreds of milligrams of different vitamins into our body does not mean our body is actually going to do what it needs to do with them. So I'm not sure how many people have heard of Dr. Weston Price, but he did some really great studies on comparing what you would, um, what they used to call townies and the country folk. And it's really, really interesting because what he found was that people that were living in the country and had access to good, healthy fats like lard, butter, milk, and homegrown plants and animals and fermented foods had very beautiful teeth, open nasal passages, and overall were more considered more healthy than those who lived in the city and were considered townies when he would look in general at people that were considered townies or lived in the city, they had access to highly processed foods and more convenient foods and more readily available doctors. They um, in turn had very narrow nasal passages, smaller palates, making, um, typically making them good candidates for braces and very narrow nasal passages, which ended up causing breathing difficulties. You could tell not only were um, you could tell not only were their parents not getting proper nutrition before they were conceived, but that the same nutritional pattern was continuing through that child's life. Once again, having those things that sometimes when we look at the American diet, everybody's talking. I mean. Everywhere you go, you have highly processed foods and all that. And I think most people are starting to wake up to the fact that that's not how we should be eating. But we still, we still have a mentality of low fat, no fat. And that is really not helping anybody at all. We need those healthy fats. Our brain is primarily made up of fat. And so if we start cutting those fats away from our diet, we're, we're first of all, we're starving our brain. When we starve our brain, we have things like brain fog and other brain-related issues. So having those healthy fats, not going for the low fat. And, and once again, healthy fats is the key. We want to be having things. Uh, we want to cook our fish in things like lard and using things like coconut oil and using butter. And if we can get grass-fed butter, that's going to be best. If we can get farm-fresh milk, that's going to be best. We don't need ultra-high-processed and the same time, we have to think about the animals that we're getting them from. Are we getting it locally from a farmer that we know that their animals are out to pasture and that they don't spray the crap with, you know, things like glyphosate and GMOs? Or are we just getting it from Joe Blow who, you know, calls up whoever to spray their crops every time they need it? So these are all things that we need to take into consideration when we are... Um, you know, when we're going, when we're changing that out and making sure that we are also feeding our kids those high fat nutrients that they need for their brain so that they can properly think. So there's another good question when we're talking about diet, and that's our microbiome. And I've talked a little bit about gut health before, but is our microbi our microbiome happy? And is our kids? Our diet needs to be able to 
feed our diet needs to be able to feed us and not any passengers that are lingering in our bodies, which can damage your good gut health um, and cause mental health issues and compromise our immunity. So the three most common pathogens found are found are candida, parasites, and fungus. And I have had firsthand experience with every single one of these. Um, we actually do what they call EDS testing, and I can explain that more in depth if you're not familiar with it on another podcast. But what it is is it's electrodermal screening. And so it measures um, the different systems of your body and finds out where where your systems are struggling. And so, th so through this process, we have found a few different times that my kids have had parasites and tape, which tapeworms are part of the parasite family. We've had issues with um, fungus and also candida. And so by healing and um, using herbs and natural remedies, we've been able to kill those off. But above and beyond that, I have had, I have, well, one of my own daughters um, was actually, she is, was 10 at the time. She was losing weight. She didn't have weight to lose. Um, she was, you know, just very athletic, kind of sporty. And she had lost some weight. And she kept complaining about having stomach issues. And so we were doing the common thing for stomach issues. And then finally, um, my sister said something to me. And I thought, you know, I didn't even think about it. You know, just kind of busy season. School had just started. You know, she was in volleyball, whatever. And so I ended up getting her in for EDS testing. And she ended up having a tapeworm. And that tapeworm was actually absorbing her nutrients. She had lost 10 pounds. She was only 80 to begin with. And she had lost 10 pounds through that process. So these are things that um, a lot of times when we go to the doctor, they don't even know to look for them. And they don't even know the broad spectrum or they're not being educated on the broad spectrum of parasites that are out there and how they affect the body. The parasite that she particular had or the um, tapeworm was from pork. We don't even eat that much pork. But the way, what it was doing was it was literally absorbing all the nutrients from her food. And in essence, she was getting nothing. So within three weeks of doing a protocol to help rid her body of this particular parasite, she had gained her weight back within, it took a little over that, but she was gaining weight back within the first week. She was no longer having the stomach issues or feeling like she needed to throw up or anything. So it's amazing what you can do. But even on a side note from that, I've had other kids who've had things, another parasite called a hookworm. And the particular parasite that this person had in their 18-month-old child was causing this child not to sleep. It was causing this child to constantly be sick. They had brought him in for multiple things to the doctor's office, and they just said, I just think that's how he is. That's how his mannerism. And this mom was going, no, this is not how my child is. There has to be a better answer. And um, through the grace of God, she was directed to EDS testing, found out he had this hookworm, and it was literally sucking the blood from him. They, they don't live far from a farm. If you have animals, parasites aren't uncommon. And there's things that you can do to help eliminate those parasites on the daily basis using things like diatomaceous earth and, you know, um, getting adequate essential oils that um, help to rid the body, you know, lemongrass and uh, thyme and oregano, things like that, that are going to keep the parasites from being able to live in the environment you're providing them with because you're providing a hostile environment for them. But it does happen, and sometimes we need to look outside of that box um, and see what other things there are. So 
um, especially when it comes to our gut health. Sometimes we can be doing all the things and eating all the things that we need to, but when we notice something else is off, like the sleep patterns are off, their, you know, their mood is off, things like that, that is where um, testing like EDS comes in greatly um, appreciated in all honesty because that was something I didn't really have on my radar. Even though we had done dealt with other kids in our household and even us as adults having parasites and things, I just didn't link the two. And it was kind of just a busy season in my life. And, you know, I didn't think of that, but I also knew to have, you know, to bring her in to have the tool to to diagnose and be able to remedy that. Even simple treatments, whether you're using essential oils, you're using things like diatomaceous earth, you can even use homeopathic remedies that will help combat if you suspect having a parasite. And maybe you don't have an EDS testing place near you. This is another, there's other ways you can get rid of parasites. And I will have a podcast coming up on just parasites here in the next couple of weeks. But taking a closer look at um, the pathogens that sometimes mess with our microbiome. Um, these pathogens can block and seal nutrient absorb absorption. Like I was saying, they can lead to feeling constantly hungry. They can have constant cravings and they can be transferred to a baby through the birth canal along with the immune system. So I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but they have found that babies who were born via C-section did not have some of the proper bacteria that they need to help with digestion. So some hospitals are now taking vaginal swabs of mom because that's the way they're supposed to come. And granted, sometimes that's just not the way it's going to happen. But they have now been taking vaginal swabs from mom and putting them on the baby so that the baby is getting um, that part of their immune system and some of those uh, those... Uh, what do you call them? I can't even think. Uh, the bacteria that they need to properly help them with digestion. So sometimes when you see C-section babies um, will have an increase in things like acid reflux and, and whatnot. And they've just correlated the two to, to the point where they are doing those vaginal swabs. So I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, things like stress and sugar can cause the bad pathogens to increase and they actually feed those pathogens. So some things to look for when you are trying to figure out if you have an overabundance of these pathogens, and when I mean pathogens, I mean the candida, the parasites, the fungus, um, are things like a muffin top is an outward sign that you have an abundance of candida. Having eight moons on your fingernails is good. Some people think parasites are gross and disgusting. They are gross and they are disgusting, but typically at some point or another, we all have parasites and it can be from simple things um, like getting bananas at the store. I know that sounds weird, but it's true because snakes curl up on those bananas in nature and they go ahead and they poop on those bananas. And then it's not like they wash the bananas before they bring them to you. And if anything, it maybe is a little quick rinse. And then you pick those bananas up, you bring them home and you set them on your counter and you hold it. And maybe your two-year-old brings it to you like mine does, hands it to you. You peel the banana. They just had that banana in their hand and now they're eating it. So that is how parasites are typically transferred is through the feces of an animal or 
something. So if you have, we have cats that live in our neighborhood. At one point, one of my kids had a feline. We don't have cats of our own, but my kids play in a sandbox all the time. Have I ever seen those cats in our sandbox? No, but I do know that they run the neighborhood and my kids run barefoot because I feel like being barefoot is something that's very important, not only for their immune system, but for them to feel grounded. So Anyway, it can happen in a multitude of ways. It doesn't have it doesn't necessarily have to be some like weird disgusting thing. This is just how things happen. Um I'm not one that washes my bananas, but it's thinking about it, it makes me want to wash my bananas when I get home from the grocery store because it very well could have fecal matter on it. And you know, something in the wild, if you don't wash it and you touch them and you put your hands in your mouth, you know, there you go. There's over 128 parasites that you can have from something so simple. And some of them are more obvious and worse than others, and we're going to notice them. Um, I'm going to talk more about how to keep our health, kids healthy next week, so tune in because I'm running out of time. I hope you found some benefit from today, and I, and I really do hope you start taking a look at some of the nutrients and how your kids are getting it. Next week, we're going to focus on some other things like poop and why it's important to keep an eye on your kid's poop, fingernails and how they're a good indicator on what's going on inside of our bodies. And is it too late? It's not. And I'm going to share some tips and tricks of why it's not too late and how you can um, turn things around now for not only you, but for your kids and any kids you might have from here on out. So thanks as always, for listening. As always, be grateful and have faith. God bless. This is podcast number uh, 38, Healthy um, Kids, Having Healthy Kids. And we will talk again more in part two next week. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.